how do we overcome prejudice? So when it comes to understanding and responding to prejudice, a very important ingredient here is empathy. And this can sound like an obvious point, but it is critically important and it's something that rather unfortunately sometimes we just don't have or don't use as much as we could. And what's interesting about this is the capacity to be empathic isn't often enough. It's necessary, I suppose, to be conscious enough to be able to extend our empathy outwards and also to be critical enough of our patterns of thought, of our assumptions, so that we're actually exercising and using our capacity to be empathic. And this exists in, in so many different forms. A researcher by the name of John Suler has an effect called the online disinhibition effect. And that alone means that the kind of things a person would say to another person face to face tend to be much more limited and much more uh, restricted, much more cautious or careful than what somebody would say to somebody over the internet if they're on a message board. And that's something I think we, we've all seen on our journey. So that is just, a, in a sense, a trivial example, and though that can have big ramifications too. But the point is, if we can do that, even to people we otherwise might connect and get along with, how much more that effect can be amplified when we talk about people from different parts of the world or different backgrounds, and very often there can be assumptions there that we're not even aware of. So I think really what's needed is a, a, a rather strong exercise in empathy. But as I say, it's not even having it, it's, it's using it. It's making sure that we're stretching beyond the comfort of what we're familiar with. Now that's a really good exercise for all of us, aside from empathy just being a nice and a good thing to do for the sake of other people. But it's really beneficial for us individually because we kind of shed beliefs which are just ineffective. We learn new things. We, we become richer in our thinking as a result of it. So practicing empathy in a day-to-day -day sense is, a, I think, a really useful practice to have. And it can be rather simple. You know, why not every day try and learn something about someone who you don't know that much about? Somebody from a different background, somebody in a different set of circumstances, just to reach out and to seek to learn a bit more. Better yet, can you take steps further and maybe contribute and support people in circumstances that they need help in? And equally, can you be supported? Because it's not just about giving, it's about receiving. It's about learning from other people as well and being enriched by their capacities too. So thinking about this ecologically means that what we can start to do as well is break down these harsh boundaries between someone over here and someone over there and uh, this notion of a great difference between them. Sure, there are differences, but there are also great similarities and commonalities as well that it's helpful to recognize. But even a step beyond that is recognizing that we're not quite as separate as we might like to think. If you wanted to be selfish for whatever reason, that's your agenda, that's just what you're into, and you only cared about yourself, still, even in that circumstance, you would do a much better job of being happy if you cared for other people, 
if you cared about the environment and the world that you're in. Why? Because you're part of that ecosystem. You don't exist in isolation, separate from it. You are part of it. So it feels good to care for other people. And of course, reciprocity then tends to happen where people appreciate our support and then they support us back. And in any case, in a, in a broader sense, we make the world just a nicer place to be in. People are maybe a little bit more relaxed, a little bit happier, and that tends to contribute to the good for everybody involved. So empathy and, and this form of ecological thinking, I think, is really key. Now, it probably is useful psychologically, neurologically, to think a little bit about, I suppose, what the hardware is and what some of the software is that makes prejudice function to begin with. Now, I think it's a critical point here to recognize that one of the problems with prejudice is it tends to be poor coding, which is actually built on rather good intentions. And that's, I think, a really important point to recognize. A lot of these things at core stem from a good place, a desire to be safe or a desire to preserve things or a desire for things to go well but they often take rather unfortunate turns, and as a result, the consequences can be rather catastrophic. So prejudice then, just from the point of view of rationality alone, tends to be a rather poor idea. Because if you, let's just say, have had the rather unfortunate experience of having been robbed by somebody who's wearing a red top, and if as a result of that experience, what you then do is you, oh, not deliberately even, but you just form a belief system, some, some software, some code that runs in your mind that tells you that you gotta watch out for people in red tops. The problem with this is, of course, it may be very unfair to rather nice people in red tops that you meet, but not only that, it may be bad for you because you alienate those people then as well as being unfair to them. You know, even if Santa Claus wants to give you a present, you see the red top and you keep your distance and then you don't benefit as a result of what that person could have given you. So that's a problem. But the other big issue is, and again, even if you're approaching this selfishly, if you are there really worried about the person with the red top, there might be somebody with a blue top who's about to rob you and you don't even give them any attention because you're busy focusing your attention on the person with the red top. So this is the difficulty, I suppose, with these types of patterns. And where they come from is they are primitive systems, really, to do with how associations are formed in the mind. Neurologists have a, an expression, which is that neurons that fire together, wire together, which basically means that you know, like, think about how you learn as a child. You don't have the words for things. People give you this round spherical thing and they make the sound ball. So you don't know much about balls. You don't know what it is, but you want that round thing again. So what do you do? You say ball. That association forms. It's the basis of language and the basis really of all learning. So the problem is this happens in a variety of different ways, good experiences and bad experiences get associated with circumstance. But we gotta be really careful with that because although that might happen by default, we don't just have to accept it. Just because circumstance programs us a certain way, just because we're in a culture that has certain prejudices or perspectives, doesn't mean we have to just accept that. We can stop and we can question it and we can reformulate it. 
the default circumstance doesn't have to be the one we, we just accept. It's like if you're going for a walk down the street and a truck drives past and sprays you with mud. Well, the default position is you're covered in mud, but you don't have to stay covered in mud. You can go wash, you can do something about that, you can remedy the situation. And in a similar way, our conditioning is like mud, something that gets stuck to us, but gladly something that we can wash away and, and we can learn to be a little bit clearer, I suppose, in the way we perceive the world and the way we approach things. So this is a really important topic and it's not something, by virtue of how inherent it is, it's not something that we can simply say, oh yeah, brilliant, I've dealt with prejudice, that's it, I, I, I'm in the clear something we need to keep reflecting on. And so having those regular exercises of looking at things from different perspectives, of meeting different people, of sharing different worldviews can be a really good way of approaching this. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf or at JFL.com.